Amen. Amen. This morning, my question to you and to me is, is God good? Is God good? Uh, it's one of the age-old questions, is why do bad things happen to good people? You can go on any college campus in the world. You can go uh, to young people at the high school. You can go to a person right now who is uh, not going to church, not living for the Lord. And one of the big questions is, why does God allow suffering? If God is so good, how come he lets evil in the world? If God is so good, why does he let bad things happen to good people? Uh, it's an age-old question, and the book of Job is here to help us answer that. But we all like to have answers. Uh, I'm a controlling person. I don't know if you've noticed or not. I'm pretty OCD about things. I like things in order. And we always like to have control. And, and we live for that. We like to know the why behind situations. We like to know the why uh, uh, about everything in life. We like to be in the know about what's going on. And no one likes to admit how small and how powerless uh, we really are. How much life is really not in our control. That's why for most people in the world today, they are so busy, they're so go, 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 they're so do, do, do. They really uh, want to get their mind off of how powerless they are. I'm going to keep my mind busy on that because if I have to pause for a minute, I might think about, I'm not going to live forever. What am I going to do with my life? How, what's going to happen after this thing's over? So let's stay busy doing and selling and buying and going and having fun. And if I can keep my mind off of everything that's really serious, I don't have to think about those really hard questions. Am I right with God? What's happening beyond death? Men deny the existence of God and they live like death is never coming and they say, let's just let the good times roll. But then tragedy comes and unexpected things happen and we can have a job loss, we can go through a divorce, we can have an, a miscarriage, we can have unexpected circumstances happen in our life and we may lose someone before their time and then what happens? We can get angry, we can start blaming others, we like to blame others and a lot of times what we do is when something happens that's not supposed to happen, we feel in our plan, whatever our plan is, we start saying, well, it's, if they wouldn't have done this, or if they should have done this, or then we, sometimes we blame ourselves. Oh, I wish I would have done this better. I wish I would have done this differently. And then we move beyond that. And if we still can't solve the question without blaming someone else or ourselves, we start to blame God. Well, God, if God was really good, this wouldn't have happened in my life. If God was really good, this would have worked out differently. Because we like to know whose fault it is. And whether you have experienced a season of sickness, season of suffering, season of loss, we can say things like this, God, I don't deserve this. I didn't deserve to lose that person. I didn't deserve to lose my job. I didn't deserve to lose that baby. I didn't deserve to go through this divorce. I don't deserve this, what this person did to me. I don't deserve this. And when we say something like that from the very beginning, you know what we're challenging? We're challenging our goodness versus God's goodness. We're saying, who am I? I don't deserve this. I am better than this situation. And that puts an accusation on God's goodness because who are we to God? It's to equate our goodness above God's. It's true that sometimes people get what they deserve and it's true sometimes people don't get what they deserve. Sometimes bad things do happen and it may not be anybody's fault. 
but it's also an opportunity for you and for me to look to God and say, God, you are still good. You're still good. You're still good. And so the question I want us to debate and talk about this morning is how good is your God? How good is your God? Can he still be God and he, can he still be good even on the worst of days? Because you need to know the God of the Bible is always good. Even on the most evil days, even though on the most depressing days, on the days where you lose everything, God never fails to be good. He's still good. So how good is your God? In Christianity, we are built on the bedrock of the goodness of God, and that rock is Jesus Christ. He's the perfect demonstration of God's goodness. So we're going to talk about that, that every day is a good day in Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, every day is a good day in Jesus. Every day is a good day in Jesus. If you are in Jesus, today is a good day. Doesn't matter what comes your way, today's a good day if you're in Jesus. Job chapter 1, verse 1, if you're there, somebody say amen. There was once a man named Job, I'm reading the New Living, by the way. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz, and he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God, stayed away from evil. He had seven sons, three daughters, owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had many servants, and in fact, he was the richest person in the entire area. And Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes. They would invite their three sisters to celebrate with them, and the celebrations ended, sometimes even after several days. Job would purify his children. He'd get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for them each. And Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God. So in their hearts, Job was, this was Job's regular practice, to make intercession for his family. And one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, which is Satan, came with them. And God said, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. And Satan answered the Lord, and I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? Thanks, God, right? Thanks, God. Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God, stays away from evil. And Satan replied to the Lord, yes. But Job has good reason to fear God. You always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has. And he'll surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and one day Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, and a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans raided us, and they stole all your animals and killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one left to escape to tell you. And then while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God's fallen from heaven, burned up all your sheep and all your shepherds. You know, what are the odds? I've, I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. And then he was still speaking. A third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels. They killed your servants, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. And then while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in the oldest brother's home, and suddenly a powerful wind swept from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. And I'm the only one left who escaped to tell you. And Job stood up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? One swell swoop, it's gone. He stood up, he tore his robe in grief, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground to worship. 
And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will be when I leave. The Lord gave me what I have. The Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 22, And all this Job did not sin by blaming God. I love the other translation. See, the Lord has giveth, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives, he takes away, but he's still good. There's never a day where God is not good, and Job knew this. And all this, he never blamed the Lord. Now, if you go and read the rest of the book, you'll find a few other things that Satan would be able to attack his body, and Job would be with boils, and he'd scrape the boils off, and he'd be oozing, pussing things all over his, his body, and he would still, he'd be questioning God. He would get a little upset sometimes. He would ask all kinds of things, and, and even ask, say, God, just go ahead and kill me now. There was times he wanted to die, but Job never doubted that God was in control and that God was always good. His friends turned to Job, even his wife, and said, Job, why don't you just accept the fact you must have did something wrong because, guess what? If you're a good person, good things will happen to you. But if you're a bad person, this must be the result of karma or something. You know, this is, this is only because bad things happen to bad people. And Job defended his integrity, he defended God's goodness, and he stood fast on that word, and he said, no, I've been faithful, and God is still faithful, and God has allowed this to happen, and even if God allows this to happen, it doesn't mean that God is not good. It just means I don't understand everything at this moment. And God, uh, Job maintained his integrity, and throughout that time, even as they attacked him and his friends and wife all felt like he was in the wrong, Job stood, and then here's what God said one day. Job chapter 38, verse 4. Look there with me. You see, his friends were judging the movie before it was finished. They had yet to see God's goodness. They thought he was getting what he deserved, but God was about to show some glory in Job's life. And Job chapter 38, verse 4 says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation? And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries and it burst from the womb as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness? And God begins to say, where were you when I built this place? Where were you when I set the, uh, the world into existence and set the stars in their place? Who are you to question my goodness? Who are you to tell me what is good? And what is not good? And Job repented and he said, Lord, I, I know I've had questions, I repent. And God said, no, I got you, Job. And he would restore Job's fortunes a hundred times as much. Job would die of a, uh, an old and blessed life. And Job never knew, listen to me, Job never knew that God and Satan had this little conversation. Isn't that something? Job never knew why, but he knew the who. Job never knew the why of what he was going through. He didn't know that in 2021, there'd be a group of people in central Louisiana reading about his life story. You see, the movie wasn't finished yet. Sometimes in life, we are going through this life journey, this movie, and sometimes we get to a bad scene where we lose someone, or we go through loss in our life, or we go through a tragedy, we go through a job loss, or we lose a baby, or, or we lose a child. We go through things where it feels like everything has fallen apart and it gets to the rock bottom. But see, the thing is, your movie's not finished yet. There's an ending to this story, and God is still working. He's our way maker. Even when we don't see it, like the song says, he's still working because he's always good. He's always good. And even when we don't know, Job never knew 
how his story would end. He just trusted that God was still writing it. He just trusted that God was still writing. You see, sometimes our faith can be tested like Job. Satan is always trying to destroy our faith in God. And, and God in his wisdom sometimes allows evil to rule for a season. And he allowing, you think, well, Jesus came and died on the cross. He could have just ended it all right there. But God in his infinite wisdom has a plan. And Satan is allowed to rule on this earth for a season. But let me tell you something. Evil is only temporary. God's goodness is forever. Evil is only temporary, but God's goodness is forever. And it may feel like evil is ruling at certain moments in our life, but God in His goodness is still writing the story. Look, remember what Romans says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? But we know that God causes all things. Somebody say all things. He causes good things and He causes bad things to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. God's thoughts, the Bible says, are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Higher than the heavens are his ways compared to our ways. And even in bad things, God is always working for our good. Even in bad things, on bad days, every day is a good day in Jesus. Every day is a good day in Jesus. How many know God is still working on our happily ever after? How do you keep your faith in God's promises in the hardest time? Let me give you five quick things. How do you, if you're having a bad day or a bad week, some of us, we're going through a rough time. How do you keep your faith in God's goodness like Job? Number one is this. Number one is you have to remember our perspective is not always good. God is good. His perspective is good, but my perspective is not always good. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. He made everything good in its own way. And the Bible says that we went to a tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when we took that tree, we stepped out of God's goodness and tried to replace God's goodness with our own goodness. We thought, I knew gooder than God, right? That's not properly English, but you, can, you, you understand what I'm saying. We thought we could be just as good is God. So we begin to replace God's goodness with our own goodness. And the Bible says that man in his heart began to deny the goodness of God. That's why Psalms can say, the fool in his, uh, has said in his heart, there is no God. They're corrupt. They've committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. You see, we try to define for God what is good. God, this isn't good. This shouldn't have happened. In my personal opinion, this wasn't a good thing. And God's like, well, where were you? when I set the foundations of the earth. Where were you before you ate of that tree? Because I made all this thing good. Everything I do has always been good. Who are you to tell me what is a good thing? I'm still writing this story. Man is not moral, man is not true. We can lie, we cheat, we steal, we covet. Isaiah said that we call evil good and we call good evil. So our perspective is not always good. I'm not sometimes in a good place when I start questioning God, why? Why, God? Why, God? Why, God? Heath, you're not in a, in a good place right now. You need to take a moment and get a different perspective of what I'm doing. Number one, our perspective is not always good. Number two, we remember that God alone is good. You know, God never apologized to Job. Think about it. I think I owe him an apology. You took my kids, you took my sheep, my goats, my 3,000 camels, you took my house, you took everything, you took my sickness and my health. 
Don't you, don't I get owed something? God's good. God's good. He never explained Satan was going to test him. Never gave Job a warning. God never promised to make everything right in the end. But God still demonstrated his goodness. Job couldn't see it. But God was still working for his good. He couldn't see it. He didn't understand it. He didn't have the answers. But he had to trust that God alone is good. And Psalms 136 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And sometimes you just have to come to the fact and say, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I have to know what the Bible says is true. He is still good today. It's a bad day. God's still good because this is what his word says. This is the unfallible word of God. This is the bedrock and his goodness never ceases. God is not better on some days than other days. Come on. He's not better on some days than other days. There's not days that come in and God says, you know, I think I'll be really good today. God's always good. He's always good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Even Jesus said there's no goodness apart from God. Mark chapter 10, he says, he was sitting out on a journey and a man ran up to Jesus and he knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? For God alone is good. I thought about that and I thought, well, even Jesus is saying, I'm not good, but God's good. No, no, what he was saying is, if you call me good, you're calling me God. Because God alone is good. He wanted that man to be sure only God is good, and if you call me good, guess what you're calling me? You're calling me God. God alone is good. Number three, every good thing comes from God. Every good thing comes from God. Number one is our perspective is not always good. Number two is God is alone. He, God alone is good. And number three, every good thing comes from God. Psalms 145 says, The Lord is good to all. His mercies are over all His works. You think about, this is a God over all of His works. At the beginning, the Bible says, The earth was formless and without shape. It was void and darkness over the surface of the deep. And the Lord spoke. And chaos became ordered. Darkness became light. Everything chaotic and bad became good. Everything he did was good. God is a God who can speak in the midst of your chaos order. He's a God in the midst of the storm that can say, peace, be still. He's always working for good. He is a God who is always giving good things. And even in James 1, 17, it says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He never changes. He's always good. Every day is a good day in Jesus. That's why Job could say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You and I have to determine that in our life if we understand who God is. You see, your faith has to be bigger than your feelings. Your faith has to be founded on the word of God. Because I don't always feel good, but I can know that God is good. Listen to me. You can go through depression in life. You're going to go through grief. You're going to go through loss. You're going to go through abandonment. You're going to go through people not saying good things about you. And you're not always going to feel good. But will you always know God is good? You've got to have that bedrock faith established as a Christian. You have to say, my life is built believing God is good. And I don't care what the world says. Why did God let this happen to you? 
If God is so good, why does he let war and famine? Why did he let those things happen to those babies? Why did he let that person die of cancer? Why did this thing happen if God's so good? You say, well, I don't have all the answers, but I know this. God's always good. God's always good. Every good thing comes from God. Matthew 7 says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give a good thing to those who ask him? And Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. The goodest, okay, we're going to go improper English. The goodest thing God can give you is himself. The best thing God can give you is himself. God doesn't withhold himself from us. That's how good God is. He can give you the best thing, and the best thing is himself. So even on the best days, when you feel like you're about ready to give up, that's the moment where God says, I'm going to give you the best thing I have to offer. I'm going to give you more of me. I'm going to give you more of me because the best thing God can give you is himself. The goodest thing God gives is himself. And that's number four. Jesus is the perfect demonstration of God's goodness. Number four, Jesus is the perfect demonstration of God's goodness. John says, uh, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You see, Jesus is the perfect proof of God's goodness to you. You don't understand things. You go through things in life, and it feels like, where in the world is God? And God, what are you doing to me? I don't know how we're going to make it tomorrow. I don't know how we're going to pay these bills. I don't know how my family's going to get through this situation. I don't see the end to this story. And you can go back to Scripture and say, well... I know a God, though, who gave up his son for me, and he was allowing his son to be murdered for me on a cross. It wasn't fair for God either that he would watch his son suffer and die a criminal's death, unjust, not deserved, spit in his face, plucked out his hair, stabbed him in the side, nailed him to a cross, beat, mocked, and accused, and slandered. Was that a good day for God? No, but it was a good day for you. It was a good day for you. Come on, it was a good day because every day's a good day in Jesus. Every day's a good day in Jesus. The gospel is called the good news for you and for me. That's what it is. It's the good news of God's goodness to us in Jesus Christ that God so loved himself as he loved us. You think about the, the, the great uh, the commandment to us to Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, God holds his, holds his own self to his own law, that he loved you as he loved himself. Think about this. Pause just for a minute. God says, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what God was doing for you. He loves you like he loves himself. That's almost unbelievable. What? God loves you as he loves himself. Well, I don't know about, uh, yeah, he loves you as he loves himself. That's, the proof of that is Jesus. So I don't know if I believe that, Jesus. You want proof? Jesus. Jesus is the proof that God loves you like he loves himself. You ever doubt the goodness of God on evil days? You've got proof. God is always good. Jesus became that forever high priest. He's God's promise that he is always working on our good. And so for the believer, I can, I can honestly say that because of Jesus as the proof of God's goodness to me, 
that every day, good day and bad day, every day is a good day in Jesus because the best thing God could give me is himself. Lastly is this, number five, God will restore us to good. Job did not know the ending to his story. He did not know how it would work out. He did not know what God was doing. He did not know why God was doing. But he had faith that it was all going to work out. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm confident, Paul says. Now, Paul's writing this about to die, by the way. He's in uh, prison, house arrest, riding to, with a jailer next to him, a soldier. And he says, I'm confident of this very one thing. And he knows that he could be dying and his church could be persecuted. He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. The goodness that God is working out in your life will come to a day of perfection where the goodness of God is going to be revealed in infinite glory and you're going to have a marriage feast of the Lamb and God's goodness is going to reign for all eternity and evil may be ruling this earth for a season but evil is only temporary and God's goodness is eternal and you're going to be able to taste of that day of the goodness of God that every person who's put their hope in Jesus Christ has a better day waiting in store for for us, that God's goodness is for us and not against us. You see, there's good things to come. There's a happily ever after. There's a day when all wrongs are going to be righted, when peace and justice are going to reign forever, and evil will be destroyed, and God's goodness will be forever more. You know, can you imagine? There's coming a day where you will know nothing but the goodness of God. Think about it. As a day coming, you will know nothing but the goodness of God. That's why we can sing songs like, It is well with my soul. And how do we know this? Because we already read it. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? If God has given you his son, it's the proof there's only goodness waiting for you. It doesn't get any better than Jesus. Let me tell you something. Heaven doesn't get any better than just Jesus. I said that at Miss T's funeral this week. Heaven is just a place. Heaven is just, streets of gold is nowhere special. You understand? We could buy some gold and put it out here in Bila. It's not going to be any special. It's just going to be some gold on a street. But if Jesus is there, it's going to be something special. You see, heaven is where God dwells, and God is always good. And we taste of his goodness now, but we're going to be feasting on his goodness forevermore. Anything not good in your life right now is a good opportunity for you to draw closer to the goodness of God. Let me say it again. Anything not good in your life right now is a good opportunity for you to start looking at the goodness of God. Anything not good in your life right now is a good opportunity for you to draw closer to the goodness of God. In everything, in all things, in good things and in bad things, everything works out for the good of those who love God. Everything works out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?
God is still working for your good. He's working for your good. God's goodness is for you. Do you trust him? Do you believe in him? Can you have a moment like Job and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Every day is a good day in Jesus. I, I choose to praise the Lord because every day is a good, somebody's talking about you. Guess what? Every day is a good day in Jesus. You lost someone. Every day is a good day in Jesus. Things aren't going your way. Everything, every day is a good day in Jesus. We're just going to get our eyes on the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Maybe today you don't know God's goodness. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Pastor Heath, I want to know that goodness. If you believe today that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. The Bible says if you would confess with your heart, repent of your sin and believe on him, trust in him with your whole life, not just believing. Demons believe there's a Jesus. Historians believe there was a Jesus. But you have to put your faith and confidence in him, that his work was sufficient for you that you are going to give your life and surrender to his ways and not your ways. You're going to strive to follow him all the days of your life. Trust in his work to be good enough for you. And if you're willing to do that today, the Bible says you can confess and be saved. You can repent and turn away from living your own way of living and turn to his way of living. And the Holy Spirit will come into your heart. He'll make you born again. He'll make you alive in Christ. The old nature will begin to pass away and things are going to become new in your life. You're going to think differently. You're going to want to talk differently. You're going to want to read the Bible. You're going to want to pray. You're going to want to be in the house of the Lord. You're wanting to give. There's going to be a new nature, a new want in your life because there's a new person living on the inside of you. God's going to make you new. And maybe today you've just been living by religion. You haven't had the want. And God wants to do that into you today. If that's you and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? All you got to do this morning, just put your hand up, put it right back down. I'm going to say a prayer over you. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need that new nature. I need that born again relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to be in God and God in me. That's me. Just put your hand up, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Just say, would you pray for me? Father, you know every heart, every person here this morning. Lord, we confess our sins and we believe on you. We ask you, Jesus, to forgive us of our sins. Come into our hearts. Be Lord of our life. Fill us with the Holy Spirit so we will do what the Bible says to do. By faith, Lord, we believe. We ask you, Lord, to make us born again. That we come to you, Lord, totally broken, ready to be made new.